It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Livek Pone, joined with Ashley Titians, as always. And literally right over my shoulder, we have Corey Mall joining us as the chat guy. So the squad is here. The squad is here. Yeah, you got, if you got any questions on the chat, just hit us up and I'll give it over here to the ladies. <laughs> awesome. Wow. I, I feel like I say this every podcast. What an exciting weekend. We have a lot to unfold. We're, we have a very special guest who is the fourth fastest man in the country right now in the mile. We're going to recap the Milrose games because Ashley and I were there in person in the Big Apple. And then we're going to also take a closer look at the USA Indoor Championships, which will take place this weekend in New Mexico. So super exciting things to go about for the show. But Ashley, who do we have joining us today? Again, like you've mentioned, we have a very big special guest today. We have Colin Salmon of NAU, who's been just an absolute stud for the Lumberjacks this indoor season already. He's currently ranked among the top athletes in the NCAA in the mile behind his 353-17 winning performance at the BU John Thomas Terrier Classic a few weeks ago. He's also shown off some incredible range, 147 in the 800, 748 for 3K as well so far this indoor season. Colin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. All right. Obviously, it's been quite the indoor season for you so far. You know, how have you been feeling about this indoor season so far and how it's gone for you? Um, I'm really happy with this indoor season. I mean, it's definitely a lot better than last year. Last year, I had a lot of bumps in the roads, a lot of like injury sickness, but it's just been a super huge, consistent, like just training block. And um, consistency just leads to great results because, I mean, you don't have much interruption, so you have a lot to build off of. And I'm just super happy with the results and just been focusing on competing and just having a good time. I love that consistency leads to great results. I need to like frame that <laughs> quote somewhere. That's really awesome. And I feel like that kind of just speaks to the team that you're running with, especially with the Lumberjacks over the last several years in cross country and even the distance events, you guys have really been putting y'all's name out there. What do you think has been the key to NAU success over the last several years? And especially since you've been a part of this team for some time. Um, from what I've seen, being here for like a year and a half now, yeah. we don't really focus on 
um, results really. We don't focus on outcomes. We focus on like the process to get there and competing within the race because anyone can like picture like, oh, like we want to win a national championship. Like, of course, yeah, that's what we want to do, but that's not what we talk about. We talk about like what we're going to do like inside the race. Like, for example, like in cross country nationals, like we'll talk about like, what are we going to do when it gets hard? Just like stick on a group and just like stay with them or just like pretty much just find a teammate and just grind with them for like the next three, four K or so. And it's really about like making a good race plan and competing within the race that will lead to those results. And I think that's, that's what we live by. And we just are more of a process based program instead of like outcome focused. So I actually want to follow up a little bit on what you said in your, in that first question that we had, where you're talking about, you know, the, over this past year and a half, you've been dealing with, you know, injuries and stuff like that. And finally you're, you feel like you're finding some consistency especially for someone like you, you know, as we all know, we work with Miles Split too. Like you were, you know, at the top of your game, you know, toward the end there in high school, you know, setting records and everything like that. Do you feel like there was some sort of pressure then going into a NAU and trying to immediately go out there and, you know, find those results that you wanted and then having those hiccups? Like, how did you kind of balance that to now where you, where you're at now and, you know, being very successful? Yeah, I'd say last year, I definitely gave in to like a lot of that pressure, like that outside noise and was just like, because I was like this really good high schooler. So I was like expected to do really big things like right away in college. And I, I found that that wasn't really the case. Like, yeah, I had like some pretty good races, but um, it wasn't necessarily like the expectations of what other people were like saying I could do. And then, you know, there were people out there saying like, oh, he's not as good or like he won't like do this. And I, I kind of gave into that a little bit last year, but this year was like just a huge focus on just like blocking out all that noise. Like I have learned just to not care at all about what people say and just really focus on what I'm doing, like with my team and what I'm doing in training and like what we talk about. And I think blocking out all like that outside noise has just been so perfect this season because I'm just focusing on me mm -hmm. and what I want to do on the track and who cares what people say because I'm having a great season so <laughs> I hey, love it the haters can hate you know yeah exactly exactly um you know as you said you know and we mentioned too like you've already done you've shown off some range this season I mean you've gone 147 the 8 353 in the mile 740 and 3k you've also gone 4899 the 400 so like <laughs> You know, you're developing that range. And so I'm curious, like, what's training been like for you to kind of be able to tap into all that and kind of fluctuate between the different distances? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of like natural speed, so we don't really tap into speed as much. We've mostly been focusing on like strength based, like a lot of threshold workouts and just trying to get my strength up. I think that really helped with my 3K at 748. I still think I have a little more room to go because I was kind of hurt and falling off a little bit at the end. But um it's just been fun. Like just, we tap into like a little bit of speed, like maybe we'll do like two hundreds at the end of a workout or something just to just hit it. But we don't really do too, too much, like just speed workout. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just fun just to, I think the speed workouts for me were like the four hundreds up here in the dome, like just racing them. It's just fun and just racing against sprinters and just seeing what I can do. And I mean, it's just, I just think I have a lot of natural speed and it's fun to just play with that sometimes. Yeah. Let's take a closer look at that. Your mile performances over this indoor season 410 in mid-january 403 a week later and then you drop a 353 and i just remember you crossing the finish line putting number one up in the air can you talk to us and walk us through how you felt during that race and just how you've been progressing how that just has been clicking for you over the last several weeks 
Yeah, I didn't really have any expectations going into that race. I just, I didn't even look at the field. Um, I remember walking out on the start line being like, oh shoot, am I the only college guy in here? But I, and then I saw, I saw one BYU guy out there and I was just like, all right. I didn't even look at the field. I was just excited to race and just try and try and beat as many people as possible and ended up coming away with the win. Um, I definitely made a few tactical errors in there. Just looking back, just, I should have been like sticking on people more, but um, it's definitely a good learning experience. And um, just, I felt actually felt really good with about two laps to go. And I decided to just like to make a move on that and try and get up there. And then ended up catching catching the leader and then i just remember being like so excited winning the race i just like threw up a celebration i was like holy crap like i just did that and it was um it was just a really fun race and because i had no idea where i was at and then to see the clock say 353 i was like this is an amazing pr and i'm really happy where where i am right now now i want you to compare that to running 403 at like 7,000 feet of elevation. How did those different ones feel? Because obviously you'd get the the conversion down. I believe it was like 357 or something, 403 at 7,000 feet. But like, you know, compare the two performances from like, you know, the 353 that you ran at sea level and then having to, you know, running that that race at altitude as well. Yeah, altitude, um, it's definitely a different different beast for sure. It, <laughs> um, it hurts like almost immediately, like within the first 400 and you just have to trust that you can hold that. And it's, oh, I don't know. It's just running a, if you, once you run an altitude, like a mile at altitude, like you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just, it hurts right off the bat and it's just a grind to get through the whole thing. And at sea level, I mean, sometimes you'll just like, you'll just feel great, feel better, but altitude, oh man, that. <laughs> That, that hurts, but it, it's definitely good because it, once you know that feeling of hurting early, like, you know, you can keep that. And it, it's really nice to have that feeling, knowing that feeling at sea level, knowing that you can just keep the grind going. Colin, I want to follow up on something you just said about tactics. You said you made a mistake in a previous race. What have you learned about tactics since you have arrived in college and kind of learned the process of what racing is about at this level? Yeah, I would say like, especially for like championship style races, like to get out more towards like the middle or like the middle front of the race, instead of like getting stuck in the back or like fighting to get boxed in, you like to have a lot of open track, I'd say, so you can make make more moves and also just sticking on the person right in front of you. That's something that I that's like the era I was talking about in this race was like, sometimes I'd let like a little gap and then someone would sneak in and then I'd get pushed back one more. So I've just, I'm still learning. I'm still working on that, but um, yeah, it's pretty much focusing on just like trying to st stick right on the person in front of me and then just focusing on how the race is being run and um, yeah, how I can, how I can move and how I can close based off how the race is being run. So it's a lot of thinking in the moment. Mm -hmm. Speaking of learning, everyone knows you graduated from Newberry Park. I feel like everyone is just like super excited about that and just we were able to watch Newberry Park evolve into this historic team and you happen to be a part of it as well. What has been the biggest mm. lesson that you learned as a high school runner in California? Ooh, um, I'm not really sure. I feel like back then I didn't really, I mean, I knew what I was doing, but not like, I feel like I've learned a lot more here. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, some, the biggest thing I learned in high school was just like not to put like limits on yourself. I think that's, a really big thing that coach coach Brosnan taught us is just like like don't put limits on yourself just go out there and just like 
see what you can do. Like, like if people like, don't say like, don't put a barrier at four minutes in the mile, like see how far you can break past that. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned in high school. And then coming into college, it's just like even, even more, just like see how far you can break past it and just see how consistent you can be. And it's just been, yeah, I, I feel like I've learned a lot the past two years here for sure. Now, speaking of Newberry Park, you're also not the only Salmon on the NAU team. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, having your brother Aaron there too as well and having him join the team as well. Yeah, it, it's super fun having him. Like, yeah, we're having, we're having a blast. He's, he's doing really well in training right now. You know, we're training together. We run together. It's just, it's really fun to have him here. You know, he's in, he's in the dorms right now. Um, he's got to do his time there. Um, <laughs> so some, sometimes like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go hang out with the guys there and just like, you know, visit them in the dorms or like go to the dining hall with them. But yeah, it's, it's just really fun to have him on the team and just, um, you know, keep each other accountable, keep each other motivated. And, you know, we're always, we're always there for each other. So it's good to have him right there. Mm -hmm. I feel like a team that trains together also recovers together. So speaking of recovery, I know you're an ambassador for Firefly and they're one of our partners as well. And we just love mm -hmm. their technology that they offer. Can you tell us more about Firefly and how it's helped you with your post recovery after a really hard training session or even after a big meet? Yeah, I mean, I, I love to use Firefly, especially after races or like when we have to travel. Like, cause like when I went to Boston, it's like a almost a five hour flight. So it's good to just like after the race, just like literally on the plane, just sit there and watch a movie and just like, just strap them onto your leg. Like it's just a, such a small, like easy device that you can just like pretty much fit in like your pocket or your backpack. So it's really nice just to have it while traveling. I'd say, I think travel, I use them the most. And I just like, I'll have them on the plane watching a movie, just like my feet are fluttering and blood flow is <laughs> increasing by 400%. So yeah, it it's really, I really love the product. And I think it definitely helps me recover after races. And even before races, I'll even throw them on like on the plane to the race. So awesome. I know we've tried out Firefly. And it, I, I think we, what I, I know I sat around the office just letting them run for hours. It's definitely an interesting product. So very cool. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, we're in February right now, obviously, you know, we're kind of approaching indoor championships in a couple of weeks and just all around American distance running has especially been, I feel like on a pedestal, right? We've seen so many great performances, for example. I mean, at Milrose Games this weekend, we saw a bunch of American records go down. Have you been paying attention to, I guess, maybe just the state of American distance running where it is right now and like how um, maybe like how you hope to someday, you know, be a part of that as well? Yeah, I mean, our sport's definitely picking up right now. I'd say even more so than like the last few years. Like it, people are just running insane times. And I mean, I think right now to get into like the top 16 for the mile in the NCAA is like 354. Like that's the fastest it's ever been. And you have to to learn to to grow with the sport and what it's doing right now. But um, I think right now, like a lot of people can run fast times and a lot of people can time trial. But I think when it comes down to it, like half those people don't really know how to championship style race. So I think that's um, that's what we like to do. That's what we like to focus on here at NAU is like, yeah, like we like to run fast, but we also like to to focus on competing and to win instead of just running fast. Like anyone can run in a line, but um, it's like, how can you? How can you move up? How can you make, yeah, how can you make moves? How can you, how can you actually race is, mm -hmm. I think is the most important part. I think that's what you have to learn 
um, to grow in this sport and focus on these championship style races. Mm-hmm. Speaking of championships, I feel like Colin's just like pitching me to the next question. <laughs> You've been doing a great job of that. So what are your goals as we kind of approach the Big Sky Conference Championships, which will be next week for y'all, and also the NCAA Indoor Championships in about a month? Yeah, um, the Big Sky Championships, that's a that's a really important meet for us. Um, we, we like to run as many people as we can there. It's just, it's just pure, it's like just the pure sport of competing. Like we have a lot of, I mean, like being a part of NAU, like we're in the Big Sky, we're like, supposed to be like number one like the top team but that also puts a lot of pressure because all these other other teams like montana state like they are super tough like they they have nothing to lose they'll just come after us with like all they have and it just keeps us humble and um keeps us really focused on the core of just competing in the race and just like don't underestimate anybody and just just go out there and race and i think that's a huge really good practice for something like the NCAA meet, like the, the indoor national meet, just focusing on, on racing and just beating bodies. Now, before we hand this off to Corey with some chat questions, we have one final question for you. Very tough question. We ask all of our guests <laughs> a variation of this question. Obviously, you know, being a distance guy, you run cross country, indoor and outdoor. Which of those seasons is your favorite and why? Ooh, um, I'd say probably just from over the years, I think outdoor has been my favorite. Um, I just love just like the 400 meter track. I don't know. It's, I just love touching miles or like 1500s on the outdoor track. I think I love the 1500. It's my favorite event. So I just, I don't know. Something about outdoor, especially at night outdoor races are really fun. Love it. All right, Corey, what's popping off in the chat? All right, we have a few questions, <laughs> Colin, here for you. I think um, you kind of alluded to what your goals are this season, but uh, all in the game asks, uh, what are your plans for the Olympic okay. trials? The, uh, 1500 meter standards, 337, I believe. I mean, are you going to go after an A standard and what's your plans for the trials? Um, yeah, we haven't really talked about that too much. We were just really focusing on like in the moment right now, but I think it's definitely something to consider. Like, um, I would love to go like sub 336, like 335, 334, if I can. Um, just really, I really want to focus on that event. And um, the main focus would be, I think, NCAA's outdoor. But um, if I'm in a really good spot, I would love to definitely love to do the trials for sure. All right. One more question uh, from Thomas Anderson. Is Mike Smith as cool and zen <laughs> in person as it seems he is? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'd say even more so. He's just like a super super cool guy super laid back chill guy and it's just like yeah he's just he's a really funny coach he gets along with everybody um but definitely don't piss him off so <laughs> that's what i've learned yeah i mean workouts like if you're if you're not doing what he wants you to yeah you're oh <laughs> yeah he's he's a really he's a really cool guy i love him as a coach he he's definitely helped me grow as an athlete and as a person so he's he's probably well, he's in my opinion the best coach out there Love it. Corey, do we have any other questions in the chat? I mean, you already asked about Aaron. Um, I'm curious, uh, didn't your brother just cut his hair too? Who cuts hair <laughs> at, at NAU? Yeah, we, we have a guy on the team, Aiden Barnhill, um, Barney Blends. He likes to, he likes to cut everybody, like everybody on the team's hair. Like, well, he, he says like, he'll do it for free, but we usually give him like 15, 20 bucks just because he, 
he's just like the team barber and i don't know aaron aaron went up to him he's like i want i want to shave my head <laughs> I was like, oh geez i was like this is a bad idea but all right aaron you you do you but <laughs> yeah he yeah um he he even cut my hair this is this is barney blends so he's uh <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 a really he's really good. He's getting a lot better, and he's if you're ever in Flagstaff, you know you can always DM him, and he'll he'll blend you up. So there you go. Good to know. Good to know. Awesome. Well, Colin, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate seeing you, and we can't wait to see what the rest of this indoor and outdoor season looks for you. So best wishes to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks. All right, before we move on to the show, we unfortunately had um, really heartbreaking news as we were wrapping up Milrose Games. I know you and I were literally packing our bags up to grab some dinner, and we had the unfortunate news to hear that Kelvin Kiptum um, has passed away in a car accident along with his coach. And so, Ashley, I know you had a chance to just watch him compete in person, and so just how are you feeling as a whole? Yeah, I know, I know we wanted to take a few moments to just express just our thoughts on obviously the heartbreaking news. Kelvin Kipta, the, the world marathon record holder, he set that back in Chicago, two hours, 35 seconds. I mean, I had the privilege of seeing him race that in person. You know, I was there in Chicago covering that event. And I mean, just when you see something like that, like that by far is like the most and, you know, the greatest athletic feat I've ever been able to see in person. And to now have something like that, you know, someone just after breaking that, you know, just someone passed so tragically like that, like it's, it's, it's just shocking, you know, and such a shame. And, you know, he was only 24 years old. Yeah. I'm 23. So it's like, shoot, he's only a year older than me. I, I think it just puts a whole perspective, you know, life is precious. And it's just, it's very unfortunate because I think there were so many, even though he accomplished so much in the few races that he did do, like, there was so much more that I think he was wanting to, you know, to accomplish in athletics and just in life in general. So, yeah. and I think he had a lot of support too. I know, um, just looking at the comments from social media, everyone obviously in shock, but they were like, wow, he, I feel like he was just taking those steps into truly seeing his true potential in the sport. And again, so young has so much life left to, uh, life left to live. So it was definitely very heartbreaking. Corey, is there anything you would like to add as well? Yeah, just uh, second all your thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. I'm reading that the funeral is set for February 24th in, in Northwest Kenya, so they'll lay him to rest uh, in his, his country, and obviously I think those around him, the community, family, friends, are going to mourn him and, and give tribute to him at that time. So really, really a uh, heartbreaking story. Yes. So all of our prayers and best wishes are going out to Kelvin Kiptum's family and those that are also impacted by this as well. Um, so moving forward now, let's talk about Milrose because I felt like that did not disappoint whatsoever. We saw two world records fall. Let's talk about Josh Kerr <laughs> because he completely smashed the indoor two-mile record, uh, which was, I believe, set by Mo Farah going into the indoor season. So Ashley, you had a front row seat to the world record. And again, we talked about this last week. We're like, every time Ashley's at an That's event, true. That's true. you witness world records. So yeah, what is this now? Am I up to like five world records I've seen in person in the past like year, five months or something oh, like that? Oh gosh, that's insane <laughs> to even think about. <laughs> But yeah, let's, let's talk about that two mile world record, you know, going into Milrose, 
a few I think about a month ago, Josh Kerr, he like shot his shot. You yeah. know, he was like, you know what, guys, I'm going to go for this two mile world record. You know, that's definitely a big, bold move to come out and say that. And, you know, I feel like as we've seen from Josh Kerr, he kind of backs up the talk, you know, and this is just another instance where he backed up the talk. So he goes eight minutes, 67 to in that race to break the world record. I mean, it was just a marvelous race to watch. You know, he, they they were kind of going out in some 61s there, mm -hmm. but then toward the end, they, he started crushing out some 59s, you know, getting back on that world record pace. And, I mean, you could just tell that he wanted this, right? Like the way he was able to, he and Grant Fisher had been running together for quite some time for the majority of this race. Mm -hmm. But then the way he was just able to find another gear at the end and just really put it away and go after that record is just really impressive. And I think this just solidifies for me that like, yeah, he has that speed for the 1500, but shoot, he can extend that out to, to the two mile. Yeah. Um, and I think afterwards too, in the, the post-race interview, it was funny. He was saying like, man, that was hard. Yes, you he, know what I mean? Said that, yeah. And it, it is interesting to put it into perspective. It's like he ran two back-to-back -back four minute miles, you know, like that's when you, when you kind of think about that, it's like, dang, that's pretty fast. So, yeah. um, definitely wasn't easy, but he, he gutted that one out and, I mean, shoot, he's got to, he's the guy to beat right now after yeah. this. I, he's the guy to beat yeah. in the internationally. I just remember the energy inside the armory. It, it just, as the race unfolded, it just kept getting louder and louder. Yeah. And I, I want to give a huge shout out to Grant Fisher, who like started taking the lead at towards the end of that race before Josh Kerr made his move. I believe the last, what was it? Maybe 300 meters or so. It was toward the end. Mm -hmm. last 400 or so but grant fisher also broke the american record with an 803 which was huge we saw a lot of like national records fall over yes, the weekend yes. really really huge um so i was just really impressed with how grant just kind of took control which we kind of already i, I was kind of expecting that from him but josh kerr just took it to a whole nother level and like pushed it even further and almost breaking eight minutes like that is insane to think about especially during where we are right now during the indoor season just mid-february we still have a long way to go until yep. you know people go to their trials and then obviously the olympics later so huge huge racing there for josh kerr yeah. and grant fisher too and i think it'll be interesting too um i believe i saw that this week he's gonna be uh making a decision whether or not he's gonna compete at world indoors i believe so i think this is that could technically be maybe the next step for him. So I guess now it's just like, where do you go from here? Does he compete at World Indoors? Does he now completely shift his focus to training again and getting ready for outdoors with obviously the Olympics in sight? We'll have to see. But I, again, that was definitely one of the great performances we saw. Only one of the great performances we saw on the day at Milrose. Question. You, yes. Do you think Jakob was watching? <laughs> yes. I want to say yes. I, I say feel yes. like everybody was kind of tuned into – Milrose. It was the big, big event. Well, also, think about this little rivalry they have yeah. right here. I, I think that thing, it's it's heated. It's heated. Uh, there is some trash talk, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, I, down the pike a little bit. I like to say that I would like to think that he was watching. I know I he, yes. he's obviously skipping indoors this year because he's been dealing with an injury, but... I've seen that he's been doing a lot of, uh, he's still kind of trash talking. He's been doing a lot of interviews I've seen <laughs> with a lot of Norwegian media and just talking about like, um, why do you lead? It's because I want to feel yeah. like I've yes. earned it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was, what I was thinking of. So it's, I, he's a competitor. He's yeah, definitely watching. He's definitely watching. Yeah. He's preparing for that Olympic battle with Josh Curry yet again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing is 
we started Milrose with a world record. <laughs> like the meat oh, yeah. popped off in the 60 meter hurdles with Devin Charlton running a 767. Look completely. I couldn't, I can't even put into words. I just remember watching. I was like, wow, that was fast. And then when they announced it as a world record, I was like, oh my gosh, it looked so effortless. And just after talking with Devin, like as they were kind of walking through the mix zone, like Devin was saying, I've been working so hard for this. It's been on my vision board. I, I knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. And then boom happened at Milrose. Devin wasn't really surprised. I think everybody around us, I think just because that's when the television broadcast yeah. was kicking yeah. off that it was like, oh, well, that's how we're starting Melrose is yeah. with a world record. So what did you think about the 60-meter hurdle yeah, race Yeah, kind of the same. Like, I wasn't expecting to see a world record, to be honest, in that race. But then, you know, I'm just looking through my – I was taking photos. I was, like, just looking through my <laughs> lens, and I'm just tracking as she's running – and, you know, I take the pictures. I'm like, oh, she, like, won pretty sizably. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the the announcer in, in the armory is like, that's a world record. And I'm just like, what? Like, again, it was something where I wasn't necessarily expecting that to happen. But we do know Devin Charlton is a competitor. She runs for the Bahamas. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, you know, listening to her talk afterwards, she herself said that, like, she wasn't necessarily surprised, but that she she knew going into this race that, like, if – she ran a hard effort. She thought she could, could, could accomplish anything, which is, yeah. you know, obviously great confidence for an athlete to have. Um, so yeah, she's, she's on top right now. She's on, on top. top, on top. And I love it. All right. Let's move on to our next favorite segment, our favorite moments from the weekend. I know we have this amazing video that Brian put together, Brian. which is the top six moments of the weekend. So we're going to let that roll. But as we just kind of watch this video play too, Ashley, are there some performances that stood out to you outside of the Milrose games? Well, let's just look at this, these top six race videos, right? And kind of break down what happened. So here at number six, Jaden Mays of yeah. Oregon world's number four this year in the 200, I know we had uh, Bobby Reyes with mile split there on site. And I remember him texting me. He's like, Dang, that was fast. <laughs> Going to number five, Nia Aikens in the 600, 124.32. That is a world lead and one of the fastest times ever recorded indoors. Number eight, all time. She is the stud there, especially at the 800 distance. Number four, our guy, Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. Also yes. in the 600, 114.03 world lead. Number three all time indoor. This was at the Don Kirby Elite Invitational out in Albuquerque. At number three, Number five collegiate all time. Come on. Anas Asai, 351.91 mile. He runs for South Carolina. He clocked this at BU this weekend at the David Emery Valentine Invitational. He did not win the race, but he got second. And he is just showing that he belongs in that conversation of the milers in the NCAA. Number two, Doris Lemgol of Alabama, 1504.71 in the 5K. Number three, collegiate all-time. That doesn't matter. Indoors, outdoors, one of the fastest 5Ks we've ever seen in the NCAA. And then number one here, Michaela Rose. What Michaela can we say? Rose. The yes. 800 stud from LSU, 159.49. Number two, collegiate all-time indoor, also at BU this weekend. What can we say? There yeah. is just a lot, a lot of all-time performances and records and all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, one of the biggest highlights for me was Femke Bowl. Uh, again, 49-63 for a world lead in that 400 meters. I think you and I were watching. Did we watch I, yeah, that we, together? Yeah, we were sitting in the hotel at Milrose watching oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And we were watching. I was like, wow. Like, she looks so effortless and, like, 
Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. But also, Arian Knighton, 20.21. He popped off. Popped off. Popped New world off. lead for the young, talented sprinter. So those were some big races, of course, with the, the top six that we have here. But, of course, we talk about Grant Holloway. Huge fans of him. Yep. Uh, he runs his 20th sub 7-4 in the 60-meter hurdles and still remains undefeated in this event. He's been undefeated since high school, I think. That's, that's ridiculous. The, that's the word. I mean, like that's a, ridiculous. That's probably like a decade's worth of being undefeated indoors. Yeah. Crazy. Are I there did, any? Oh, I did see something about Arian Knighton's uniform that he wore. I did too. Wait, go ahead. Gold. Yep. Yes. Is but, this the uniform that the world champion but wears? But he wasn't a world so champion. So what, what's behind the uniform? That's what I want to know because he's technically not a world champion. Well, is this a prediction? Is this the, true? Is this the is prediction? This the script? <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh! Is this the Don't script? Don't tell me about scripts. That's how I. We could get in a whole conversation, but <laughs> maybe. Is this the year of Arian Knighton? Is this the year? Ooh, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a good conversation to have. I mean, Noah's still on top. Noah's still on top right now. Noah's still on top. But I feel like Arian Knighton, like just every year, or like at least the past couple years, it's just like a little bit more every year. Yeah. And the fact that he's still so young and still has so much time ahead of him too, I think that's also the scary thing. And the fact that he's been challenging Noah Lyles at such a young age is also very scary. Yeah. Um, and again, for him to open up indoors with a 2021, like that's, that's legit. So I think there's more to come. So maybe it is a prediction. Maybe it is a script. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait a few more months. Are there <laughs> any other performances that you would love to highlight? Um, I'm trying to, let's see, some other things to highlight, I think, from the NCAA, I believe, out in Washington, Kai Robinson registered the second, second fastest 3K performance in collegiate history, 736.69. That's a legit mm-hmm. effort there. We all know how, um, how much of a study he's been. He was the 5K, 10K champion at NCAA Outdoors last year in Austin. And then Gudolf Sagai, we were watching this race, part of the World Indoor Tour. She ran the 3K, I believe, in 11 and she just missed the 3K world record by just a teeny tiny bit. And yeah. she was gritting her teeth trying to get that record. Just missed it. Um, she's the 5K world record holder outdoors. Um, but I don't think that's definitely going to be the last we see of her oh. trying to go after records. Absolutely not. Just missing it. But when you're that close, I feel like you just go for it again. Like you just continuously set your eyes out for it. So, whoo. Big, big things over this weekend, yes. and once again, we have another big weekend ahead of us. It's the USA Indoor Championships, which will take place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ashley and I will be on the ground there as well. So we kind of went through the different entries, and we're, we've been observing some key storylines and also mm-hmm. some key performers that we think could do something special. And again, I love how we're about to have a whole conversation about some of these. So yes. Ashley... Who are some athletes that you saw maybe that you're curious about or maybe you're just excited to see as we move into the weekend? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I want to break this yeah, down. Yeah, how do you want to break it? That's down. why I'm like, I'll let you go first. Maybe we should divide it up by event group. How okay, about that? Let's, let's divide do that. it up by event group. How about let's start with distance because that's the first thing I see on my sheet here. Perfect. Let's do distance. Interesting storylines here. Obviously, we saw some of these athletes compete at Miller Rose this past weekend. They're now going to go to USA Indoors and run. 
I'm going to start with Yard and Goose here. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to chat with him before Milrose, before, you know, he competed in that fifth, or that mile, excuse me. Um, and he was, you know, he told me, he was like, yeah, the, the goal is to go to USA Indoors and then go on to hopefully qualify for World Indoor Championships. However, I don't know if people necessarily predicted that he'd be doing the 3K. <laughs> so he is not running the 1500 meters this weekend, but he'll be running the 3K. Um, he's gone 728, I believe, in that event. So... Obviously, he's going to be kind of that front runner there, but it, it's it's interesting. So I think I was reading a little bit. Some of the tactics behind that is, that, you know, he for the 3K, it's run as a final. There's no prelims, so mm. that's like less amount of racing and yeah. amount of races he has to do, at less rounds. So maybe just trying to stay fresh during this indoor season. Um, obviously, with the sights on Paris, um, so that's going to be interesting. Any thoughts there? Yes, I was just looking up the events schedule so yeah he'll be running friday evening yeah at eight Mm o'clock at night for the yeah so i think that's a smart move and uh, of course you know the conversations i was having with a lot of the pros while we were at milrose was like the stepping stones the stepping the just where you are right now why is indoor so so important for some of these athletes and obviously most of them are training through it so they're like it's just building confidence for a lot of these athletes but also it kind of showcases where they are right now what they need to focus on and so i applaud yard Nagoose for kind of being smart about that move and just thinking hey it's a one it's a final one race let's do it build more strength he already looks strong over the weekend too mm-hmm, for sure so you know why not exactly which i think is great moving on to some more distant stuff can we talk about Hobbs Kessler yes. for a second? Hobbs yes. Kessler. I'm just very, you know, he ran 348 this past weekend at Milrose Games, and he's going to be in the 1500. I'm just curious how fast he can go. That's all I have to say. I think he's, it's going to be fast. I mean, the, I guess the one thing to consider is that it is in Albuquerque, so it's going to be at elevation. Right. Probably going to see something more tactical, but I'm just really curious. Maybe, maybe it's just a matter of, like, can we see him ramp something up at the end if it is a tactical race? Um Again, I think he's one of those. He's he's entered the chat. He is here. <laughs> he's gonna. Is this the year of Hobbs Kessler? Maybe I don't know. I would yes. I, I say yes because I I want to be positive about that, and I'm really encouraged by how I've seen him race. Um, so for me, he's definitely going to be that front runner there in the 1500 for the men. Yeah. Speaking of 1500, you also have Addie Wiley who will be doubling. They in the 15. Interesting, but I think. Addie has that strength right now. She looks very strong. And I just think she's going to do remarkable things in that double. How many rounds is it? Do you know? Let's see. Actually, to be honest, I haven't fully looked. I have it. Let's see. Okay, so there is the first round, which is Friday at 448. Is that of the 15 or the 800? That's the 800. 800. And then the final, obviously, will be the next day at 258. Now, this is interesting so there is okay i see the final of the 1500 which will be at 325 so she's literally going to run the eight then it's the men's eight the men's four and then it's the women's 1500. that might be a little that's I will 25 say this about, minutes i will say this about Addie wiley though like when she was running for huntington university in the naia i mean she like i think quadrupled or something at indoor championships for naia so like that's she's no stranger to like having to bounce back and really just put down some good efforts. So, and again, she's in her first, this, she, she recently turned pro as well, right. running for Adidas, I believe. And so I, I'm, again, I think I'm really curious to see how she does. I was really impressed with how she ran 
at, uh, what was it, USA Senior Championships last outdoor season, just missed out on making the world team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she has a, a legit chance to make this team. Goodness gracious. 20 minutes, though. That's like, that's, I see this as a workout. Or she could you, she could end up scratching an event as well. Yeah, very true. Could be strategic. Yeah. 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 So maybe you you declare for both and then see, Just decide make your decision. which one you want to do. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in this... Uh, momentum of going down the event so yeah <laughs> who's next so well so actually what i want i think what, what i want to shift to now so mm-hmm. it looks like someone in the chat was asking about field events yes Do okay talk about the field events right now i know we saw we wrote some notes down about some of the athletes we're excited to see yeah i'll let you i'll let you take this one okay sounds good <laughs> i know we saw brian krauser Yes. On the, the entry list in the men's shop, but really excited to see what he could do there. If you know yeah. if he's going to come and compete there. I'm also really curious about, so this is an interesting storyline. This is part of one of my hot predictions. I don't indoors. think it's hot though. Me and Corey were talking about this actually okay. yesterday at the office. So in the women's high jump, obviously you have Vashai Cunningham, who's been at the top of, you know, the U S women's high jump for quite some time, but you're also going to have a high schooler in this, in this field, Jaciana Jarrow Holt. And I believe she enters as like the third or fourth best seed in this event. And it's kind of a wide open event besides Vashti. Yep. And I really think that she can make this world team. I think she can. Corey, what are, you, what are your thoughts? It, it is her opener for 2024. So True. she's coming into it a little fresh. But there's only nine women entered in the high yeah. jump. Yeah. And she's the third seed tied with another woman. Obviously, I think it's possible. She, she cleared 6-1 and a half at USA U20s last year. Um, she is one of the strongest female athletes that we have in high school today. So, and we've seen it before. Uh, Vashti won a world indoor championship at 18. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a nice little um, synergy there that, with those two. Yeah, I feel like it's Vashti, and then that it's kind of open, like you said. Yeah. After that, mm-hmm. I'm I would not be surprised if Jaciano Jaciano Jarrell Holt makes this team. Yeah. And, so it's interesting that this is her season opener, so it kind of makes me a little weary just, like, where mm-hmm. exactly is she yeah. at this very moment? But she has experience competing at the USA Track and Field Indoor Championships. Back in 2022, she was eighth. She cleared 5'10 in a quarter. Uh, sorry, three quarters. That was her only indoor meet of the year. And then last year, she finished fifth, where she cleared six feet and a half inch and finished fifth. So if you just continue building off that... yeah. You're, it's it's looking pretty solid she, for her. She was a sophomore last year. Yeah, school, she was a sophomore. So. Yeah, <laughs> very very young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, the fact that she's been able to compete against these athletes mm-hmm. and just kind of surrounding herself with that talented indiv- all the talented individuals there is, I feel like she puts herself in a really great bucket. I guess you can say for sure. So yes, I will definitely be keeping my eye on that that women's high jump there. Mm-hmm. Also, I think worth noting too. That one other event, I think, just off the top of the mind, field events I'm looking forward to is that men's pole vault. I know we saw Casey Lightfoot, Chris Nielsen battle this weekend in Milrose is really just kind of a fun competition for them. You know, they're yeah. they're ones that they were childhood friends. They grew up with, you know, with each other. Um, so they love competing against each other. And you add them and Sam Kendricks into the mix. Sam and Kendricks, yeah. U.S. pole vault is obviously on another level right now. So I think that'll be one to watch out for as well. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for some speed. We talking about the sprints? Can we talk about the sprints? Like, go ahead. Let's, go let's ahead. Shift, let's talk about the biggest storyline. <laughs> I think from the sprint side. Okay. We have Noah Lyles and Christian Coleman both declared they're competing in the sixty. 
let's just say it all goes through smoothly and we're in the final. What do you pre- like? What is your project? Oh, your prediction? With My this? prediction. Well, okay. So maybe we need to start off by giving some context to their seasons. Noah Lyles has already gone. What six forty four? I yes. believe New Balance yep. Grand Prix. Christian Coleman just ran six fifty one in his season opener at yeah. Milrose Games. Not, you know, he had a little bit of a challenge there, but he comes away with the win. I, I, I feel <laughs> like sigh. every week we have some sort of conversation about Noah Lyles and. I just don't know how to feel because, again, they're both very different racers. Noah Lyles, yes. even if when you watch that 644 that he ran, he still didn't get out well. He still did not get out well. Yeah. It's just, but his top end speed, like you can't, you can't match that. So I guess the question is, will A, will he get out better? B, we know Christian Coleman is a great starter. Can his start hold off Noah Lyles? Or like, how's that going to work out? Personally, I guess... I'll probably go with Noah just because the way I saw him come back in that 60 was pretty impressive at New Balance. Yeah. But I also would definitely not be surprised if Christian Coleman gets this. I mean, he is the world record holder in this event. Right. I feel like my brain goes in two different directions, kind of how you're, how you're feeling. I feel like right now, confidence level, I think Noah is a little bit higher up on the scale mm-hmm. than Christian Coleman is. Yeah. No fault to Christian Coleman, but the energy that Noah is bringing out onto the track right now and just coming off of the uh, coming off of the season that he had last year, I'm not surprised that he's like up here right now. He's enjoying the moment. He's running fast. Again, we get, we talk about this. I feel like every week the start <laughs> needs to clear up because Christian Coleman is not going to have a bad start. It's no. just it's ingraining Christian Coleman's body. Like react, get out aggressively, hold on. I my my guess. I feel like it's going to be it's going to be a toss up. If Christian Coleman can get out aggressively like he normally does, I feel like he will win indoor, like the indoor title. If Noah Lyles has a better start, then we're going to have a race because I feel like Noah Lyles has that top end speed right now that Christian Coleman has not showed me yet. He might have it, we just haven't tapped into it yet. True. So those are my thoughts. I feel like Corey. Corey? I feel I, Corey I back here. Yeah. No, I'm just the the world record he set was 2018. Yeah, that's yeah. six years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who's the best sprinter in the world right now? No, Lyles. Exactly. No Lyles. How, when do you win the 60 meter race at the line? Yeah. So I get that you're talking about like the start here, but we've seen so many times that you can overcome that. Yeah. Um, Very true. I don't know if you ever get a better start than Christian Coleman. True. But yeah. you've beaten him before. Yeah. At the line, and yep. it's about the, those crucial like. 40 to 60, right? Yeah. The last mm-hmm. 20 meters is when you're building the most power. So I, I don't doubt that Noah's in better form right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's just a matter of who you're pulling for. Who's your guy? Yeah, yeah that's Who's the true. guy? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? I'll say Noah. You say... <laughs> I'm going with Christian Coleman here. Coleman. Corey says... Noah. Noah. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens next week. Uh, I didn't say Noah. Oh, okay. You were alluding to Noah. <laughs> Come on. I didn't say Noah. So oh, man. That's a 50-50 for me. I, that's yeah, a, that's okay. the that's problem. A coin, that's a coin toss. Okay. Yeah, it's a coin toss. Yes. Noah, Christian, go, coin toss. I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. Okay. Coin, <laughs> toss. Okay. coin toss. Corey okay. won't commit. All right. Sticking on the 60, I feel like we could see an LSU Tiger sweep here on the woman's side. Yes. One, two, finish. Aaliyah yes. Hobbs, Micaiah Briscoe, for me, those are the two heavy favorites going in. Hobbs has already gone 7.05 just a few weeks ago in Fayetteville. Briscoe went 7.10 at the track also just a few weeks ago. 
feel like they're training together, looking strong. Yeah. One, two. I mean, Hobbs has always been so good in that women's 60 that, like, she definitely, for me, is the favorite here. Um, And then, like you said, Kimma Kyberska looked really strong as well. So I I, I can't argue with that. I would would totally agree with (laughs) with your prediction right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought. It's just they look really strong right now. There's no doubt about it. Agreed. All right. Any other events, storylines that you would like to discuss? Maybe we can just, well, maybe I'll throw out some nuggets on here. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes. Nuggets. Go ahead. Middle distance, I will say. Brandon Miller in that 800, I think is going to be really interesting. Obviously, we played our top moments from the weekend a few few minutes ago, and he clocked the world lead 114, the 600 at the Don Kirby Elite Invitational. So, to me, I'm like, hey, Brandon Miller's in form. Brandon is back. Like, he, I think, is more motivated than ever. He's now training with Brooks Beast, so he's had a change. Um, but it seems like that change is working out really well for him. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in this 800. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. I think for, on my end, the men's 400, I feel like it's very stacked. <laughs> and it's going to yes. be a race to the finish. You have Matthew Bowling, who's already gone 45, 47 this year. You have Bryce Dedman, Trevor Bassett's in this mix, Riley, Ryan Wiley, Elijah Godwin, Will London. Gosh, there's so many names in this 400 who have declared that I'm like, Okay, Matthew Bowling, I could see making this team. All the other names, though, I'm like, wow, it's stacked. So I feel it, like it's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like there's no – and it's been like this. I feel like it was like this last year as well. There's no clear favorite, I right. think, in the men's 400. Like, right. There's just a lot of guys in the mix that, like, on any given day, they could have the, the best race and, you know, grab a, a qualifying spot for World Indoors, for instance, that um, – yeah, I think it's going to be really curious. Really curious to see what Matthew Bowling's going to do. Bryce Dedman as well. Trevor Bassett, who is, you know, he's the 400-meter hurdler. Yeah. Um, Elijah Godwin, I believe he's in his first season as a pro as well. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many great things. I know. So many great things. So much to talk about, about USAs that I know we're all looking forward to. Can we just talk about your hot <clears throat> prediction real quick? The last one that you have. My last prediction. Well, the, technically the first one on the dock, but it's the last one we're going to discuss oh oh i feel like we need to talk about this yeah i want to know what the chat thinks about your hot prediction this one right here the one that i'm highlighting yes that one okay (laughs) we will end our indoor discussion with my hot take and maybe have some discussion obviously we mentioned earlier that grant holloway he's going to be here in the the men's 60 meter hurdles again he's undefeated since high school in this event i would not be surprised if you're in albuquerque at altitude he breaks his own world record. He's already come close to that already this past weekend in Paris. So I would not be surprised if he breaks it. That's my hot prediction. <laughs> world record. Again, <laughs> hey, we're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Anywhere I go, it seems there's at least a world record. So I'm going oh, I'm to say it. Okay, it's I need the happen. chat to let us know what they think about Ashley's hot prediction. I, I get it. I get where your brain is coming from. I feel, I don't know if we're going to see a world record. In New Mexico. Grant Hallway does not come to play <laughs> in indoors. I, I totally agree with that. I can see it happening later. Like, like when? At the, later? At indoor championships. That's where, personally, I would want to do it. I wouldn't want to do mm-hmm. it. I think it's going to happen. At trials. Why not? He's been so close. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But at the same time, I'm like, okay. He literally almost broke it this past weekend. I know. I know he did. It's just a, like literally you don't even have to make any tweaks. Just like run basically the same race and you're just a little <laughs> bit faster. So I don't know. Corey thoughts? Corey thoughts. I think he's the overwhelming favorite. He's going to win. I don't know about 7.29 breaking world record. 
my larger question actually stays here at the 60 meter hurdles is who's getting the second spot true daniel roberts trey cunningham cordell tinch all in the mix here only two go yeah which of those men besides grant are going to be you know earning that 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 bid to to world indoors i think you have to i mean all three are capable you probably have you know a lot of questions about what it, what it's going to take yeah, I'm trying to... And I'm trying to pull up. I know we saw... Oh, yeah, okay, Cordell so Tinch, Milrose. Yeah, Milrose, yep. Dylan Beard set a facility record, personal best, 744. Daniel Roberts was second, 751. Trey Cunningham was third, 752. Cordell, Cordell Tinch, fourth, 752. I, I think it's probably going to be either Daniel Roberts or Trey Cunningham, if I have to say. Um, obviously, based on those results, Daniel Roberts had the better showing at Milrose, so he may be a little bit more fresh. But I will say, like, I think it was a few weeks ago, Trey Cunningham ran a pretty solid race in Gainesville, I believe. I can't remember the time off my head. Um, but, I mean, he just kind of shot out like a rocket. So if he can have some, a race like that where he looks good in form, it could be him as well, I, mm -hmm. I believe. I think my guess, I think I'm leaning more towards Daniel Roberts. That's who you said, right? You were thinking Daniel Roberts for that second spot? Or who would you say? Yes, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think after just seeing Daniel Roberts this past weekend, he's he looks solid, and I feel like he has a slight edge to him. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's Daniel Roberts. Um, so my guess is going to be Daniel for that second spot. Corey, who do you predict? Cordell. Cordell. Oh, oh okay. I feel yeah. like he has to clean Cordell. up things, though. Yeah, so I feel like he gets to clean up his race. Not, not to take Corey's job, but someone in the chat was like, yeah, Cordell <laughs> needs to clean up his technique, but he's yep. so talented, which is true. Yeah, it's very yep. true. He's very, very talented. Mm -hmm. That is factual. And obviously he has such a great story, too, as well, you know, yes. where he's come from and his journey. Um, obviously we'll, we'll be rooting for him, but, yeah, we'll have to see what it's happens. It's hard because it's only two. I know. It's hard. Yes, very, very hard. hard. So. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, one comment or, from yeah. indoors that we just, this is just a general comment yeah, that, yeah. that came. Hobbs will make the team in Paris for outdoor. You were right. talking about Hobbs okay. earlier. Camp Eagle says Hobbs will make the team. That'll be okay. interesting. As we've seen the women's hundred, 200 been very competitive over the, you know, last year and past couple of years. Obviously we know some other figures that will be in that that aren't competing indoors. Yeah. So I like that. That's I a good like hot take. Too. All right. Today's a very special day. It's, it's Valentine's Day as well, hence the festivities of my yes, outfit. Yes. So we're going to end our show with what we love about track and field, and then we'll sign off. Okay. So what do you love about track, Ashley? So you're putting me on the spot. I wrote no notes on this, That's even a, though I was the one that like had track? the idea. What do I love about track? Hmm. Okay, this is what I'll say. What I love about track, my, my love letter to track... It's such an accessible sport, honestly, for a lot of people. So I think you just get like, it's such a diverse sport, you know, which I think is really, really enjoyable. There are a lot of other sports out there that I feel like aren't, they just don't function that way. You know, it's kind of limited to, um, you know, who they're bringing in. But I feel like track, it's like, hey, if you want to go run, get a, you know, grab a pair of running shoes, you can go run. You don't have, you could be six years old trying to run, or you could be, 90 years old as we've seen some of those you know masters competitors compete you can be at the top of your game trying to compete for the olympics or you can just be you know running in you know some run club or something wherever you live you know i think that's what i enjoy most about track and just running in general um 
anyone can get like i said anyone can get a pair of running shoes and just go out for a run so yeah i like that i like that i think Thank my you. favorite thing about track or just our sport of athletics as a whole is just how freeing it is um and i feel like there's something for everyone and you can challenge yourself in different ways so like for example, for from my previous experience of just being a sprinter and then last year running my first half marathon, it, it's just the, the ability to challenge yourself in a different way, just mentally, physically, and emotionally is what I appreciate about the sport. That's a good Like one. anybody can just put on some running shoes and just go run. There's no equipment needed unless you're in field. Uh, but as <laughs> like for a runner, you just put on some running shoes and just go. Listen yeah. to a podcast, jam to some tunes and... Be free. Let yeah. your thoughts go. Corey, what do you love about track? Well, I'll say one comment on this on the game says anyone with talent from the smallest of countries mm -hmm. can make it to the top, which is very true. Uh, for me, I'll make a movie comparison. I know you guys aren't great movie <laughs> people, but to me, track and fields like being inside the matrix. Mm -hmm. You take okay. the blue pill, you go inside the matrix and you live this world that most people don't understand. Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. are inside of it, you are completely aware of what it what it all means, and it becomes this world of its own. Um, and I think there's a, a unique nature to this sport uh, that once you get you know a part part of it, you live it, you breathe it, it becomes a part of you. So, um, yes. yeah, inside the matrix. I like that comparison. I love that. Well, I've seen the Matrix live. Have you seen the Matrix? I don't think I have. <laughs> of course, of I course need to not. Watch it. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that's I, I I like that. That's a good comparison. Yeah. All right, real quick, Spitfire, favorite track event? Favorite track event? Gosh. I'll say the mile. Very mile. cutthroat. Corey. 800. Ooh, Ooh that's a good choice. 200 here. Do y'all have any favorite track memories? Track memories? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Just pick one. You go first. You have a lot of memories. <laughs> ah. Okay, I think my favorite memory from my career was making the World Youth Team where we were in Singapore for a month, and it was awesome that sounds sick we literally trained <laughs> ate we we left the village one time but it was so much fun i can't even remember where we were but it was awesome favorite track memory right there great Corey. uh covering matthew bowling in 2019 yeah was a vibe <laughs> a vibe, <laughs> a vibe. Yeah. well we all knew that was the year when he popped off blew yeah. up national sensation so from texas state to Pan American U20s, I saw him really just go to all these different venues and never was limited by expectation or, or, you know, perceived judgment of what he could or couldn't do. He always lived up to the moment, which was an amazing thing to see and cover at the time. Love it. Ashley, you have the final, I mean, you have the floor track that i've participated in maybe in my junior year of high school running the mile the eight and then getting that state runner up in the four by four because <laughs> i was thrown in on it in north carolina that was a great memory and on a hot day in greensboro north carolina at nc a and t um but probably my favorite event to cover gosh honestly i really enjoyed the prefontaine classic like getting to be out yeah. there and see a couple world records when i tell you that Jakob yard battle and that 1500 was unlike anything i've ever seen like that was that was really remarkable to see as well um you know just very fortunate to see stuff like that and get to cover those events i feel like i'm right there with you prefontaine was an exciting meet for sure mm -hmm. milrose and that was last week was my very first milrose 
in person. I've never ran at Milrose, never been to Milrose. I've been to the Armory to compete, but I haven't watched the Milrose game. Mm-hmm. So I think that also is at the top of my list too. So many things to love about so track. So many things to love about track on this lovely Valentine's Day. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining Corey, Ashley, and myself for the Flow Track podcast. Please like, subscribe, share this with your friends, your family, and we will be here right back here next week for another episode. So have a great week.